Welcome to CHS Ignite. I'm your host, Wyatt Berichka. We are on video, so if you guys prefer to have a visual point of the show, make sure you check us out on our social media platforms at CHS Wired. Today, we're going to get the administrator's point of view of COVID-19 and online education and more as we begin to ignite the show. Governor Mark Gordon is starting to ease some restrictions so the state can reopen. Cody schools are most likely not going to return this year due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Cases continue to grow in the state of Wyoming now at 332 as of April 24, 2020, with 279 recoveries. After the break, we're going to give you guys the administrator's perspective of COVID-19 and online education. CHS Ignite is part of CHS Wired. CHS Wired is a journalism program that spreads news from our high school and our community. If you're stuck at home and need something to do, go watch our shows, listen to our podcast, and see what's going on around the community on our social media. You can find us on Facebook at CHS Wired, on Instagram at CHS underscore Wired, and on Twitter at CHS Wired to see what's going on around the community. All right, guys, I'm here with Miss Monteith. She is the superintendent for Park County School District number six. How are you doing today, Miss Monteith? I'm doing well, Wyatt. Thank you. So can you just talk about your initial reaction when you heard school was going to be canceled for a while? Oh, gosh, Wyatt, I had started as the interim superintendent in the middle of January. So it was a new job for me, a new title, new tasks, new responsibilities. And then when we knew beginning in March that there could be issues with school closures, we were watching things happening in Washington State and what was happening with schools in Seattle. And it really didn't sink in as a possibility until we got closer to that time we actually closed it then it became very painfully evident that it was going to be a reality so it was a it was a shocking and disturbing but also an amazing challenge to get through you talk about that challenge with um this whole thing going on and you just get promoted to this the superintendent of park six how did that you get you transitioned how did that impact the way that you were transitioning into that role as the superintendent well the the initial transition into that role at that point in time there was really nothing contemplated in terms of, of the compact that i guess the impact that this virus was going to have on the U.S. And it, it just at that point was kind of this scary thing that was far away. So when I first started, I was just learning the ropes, um, normal business, trying to understand all of the parts and pieces that are part of the district system. And it was that was my focus and working with our board of trustees, uh, getting to know the issues in the buildings, working with the building principals. So those kinds of things were in the forefront of my mind at that point and just learning what a big job it is, because it is, it's a huge job and understanding all of the 
components that make a school district run efficiently and um, making sure that staff are well taken care of those kinds of things that was my focus and making sure kids were okay so it really was a switch when we moved to now we're going to close school and how are we going to do this and continue to educate our kids uh yeah that, that's that is definitely hard i can not imagine for a student <laughs> starting a job um yeah. we were just talking about uh students and stuff um can you talk about like your expectations uh just from all students with the mm-hmm. uh, like, education transition while we're stuck at home yes i know that's been really tough it's been tougher for some kids than it has been for others and i will tell you why i think my expectation for what this looks like for six and seven year olds is way different than what my expectations are for high school students and especially for our seniors i have had the expectation that the online learning would not be a barrier to our high school students especially continuing to receive credits for work that they're doing to consent to continue to to have the expectation that they will be on track to graduate that our seniors will be on track to graduate so that expectation is very different from a kindergarten student who is reviewing and learning new things in a uh, very much more compacted way. The part of their day is going to be very different in their education, even a fifth grader, even a middle school student than someone who is earning credits at the high school. So we've had to look at that by grade level and by content area. All of those things had to be considered and uh, how to continue to provide support for kids based on their needs and because it's certainly we know that one size doesn't fit all and for some this is more challenging than for others and we've just had to go with trying our best to meet the needs of every student in park six very challenging and we do thank you guys for that for working with <laughs> that, you know what i mean um, <laughs> right so yesterday governor gordon started unveiling his plan and they did mm-hmm. mention a little bit about the schools and you guys actually had a facebook post of talking about that press conference and um and you guys potentially opening the school up just for certain students um can you just talk about that process and what that's going to be like just so those kids can have a better education and like get right. back into the swing of things right We had quite a lengthy meeting this morning with the administrative team and our directors and supervisors for the different, uh, whether it's maintenance, food staff, transportation, talking about what does the rest of the school year look like. The board of trustees will be meeting Tuesday evening in a special board meeting and they will address the school closure, anticipating that school will be closed through the end of May. That decision is really kind of rests in their hands and yet we also have to collaborate with the county health officials, the public health officials. That really is, their input is is critical in knowing because first and foremost, we need to keep people safe and healthy. 
So we talked about what that might look like as an administrative team. And when we talk about special populations and the superintendent of public instruction, Jillian Balow, suggested that schools could look at bringing special populations in for some combination of in-person and then continuing some virtual just to ensure that we're meeting the needs of some of the students. And an example of that, why it would be a student with a disability who has pretty significant support needs and may receive a, a variety of related services. They may get occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech language therapy, those kinds of things. For kids like that, it's really tough to get some of those services adequately in an online format. So we've looked at the possibility of, of working with our service providers, our teachers, and our, our parents of kids that need that kind of support to see if there would be some advantages of, of having those kids come in. Almost like we do during the summer, we do a, a, an extended school year and kids come in on a limited basis for a few hours a day for maybe four days a week or three days a week, those kinds of things. So it would look very different than the normal school day, but it would provide some support for kids that that just are not able to make the gains that they need to make or have the support that they need when you're in a totally online hands-off situation. So that's one population that we've talked about. We've also talked about um, our high school kids, frankly, who are maybe struggling to get through the coursework without additional support, and, and they may be in jeopardy of not receiving credits. If we have high school seniors right now who are in jeopardy, they may be ABC students, and suddenly they're not able to pass their coursework because they just need more help. Uh, we've talked about doing something similar to credit recovery that would provide some more specific in-person work for even that population of students. Now, none of that has been totally fleshed out, but those were some of the conversations this morning. So those are the things that we're, we're looking at, because when you talk about special population, we're really looking at kids that are most at risk of failure academically, socially, emotionally, in a, an online, 100% online setting. Some kids do great, some kids just are not going to. So we're looking at those kids that aren't doing so great. And are there some things we can do to shore up their education before the end of the school year? Yeah, that seems like it's, a, I think, a smart way to get and help students out and all that. Right. Thank you guys for that. Mm -hmm. um, so I talked with Mr. Johnson a little bit. Um, obviously, the seniors are having the worry of graduation. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. What have you got? Uh, what's your guys' plan of that so far? Mr. Johnson was saying that you guys have multiple ideas. Um, but do you guys have an idea about it, or what's that? Well, like? let let me just tell you what my hope is so no it's a hope it's not written in stone yet but i would really like to honor the graduation date that chs set of may 31st now what we 
anticipate is that it's very unlikely that we could fill up Schweitzer Gymnasium with 500 people, right? That's not going to pass muster with our um, Park County Public Health. They're gonna say, no, you can't bring that many people in. So how do we do that in a way that honors our seniors and their closest family members? And we do, what we're talking about is the possibility of doing a combination of in-person and Zoom. What I would love is if we had this jumbotron in the football stadium and we could have all of our graduates and their families spread out and it is broadcast to the rest of the world who couldn't be there in person. Wouldn't that be awesome? Then we've got a kind of the best of both worlds. So those are just things we're thinking about right now. Uh, we want to do the same thing for HMA to honor the dates that are set to do that in such a way that we can keep people safe and healthy, but still honor those graduates ceremony of cap and gown and walking across the stage to receive diploma. That is such a capstone event and it breaks my heart that we would not be able to do that. So we're going to do everything in our power to pull that off. It might look like heaven only knows what at this point, but our goal is to make that happen for our seniors and we're hoping to honor that May 31st date. That's not set in stone, like I said, but um, if the governor is talking about easing some of the restrictions, we're hoping that we might be able to get away with larger gathering. Sometimes they go from 10 people to 50 people, for example. That doesn't cover our, all of our seniors, but if we were spread out in a big enough area, I think we might be able to get away with that. So we're gonna be leaning on our senior parents and our seniors for ideas as well. As we run these things out, we wanna make sure these are gonna be things that you don't think are super dorky or stupid, or why would they do that? That's no fun. So we wanna make sure that, you, that the seniors are uh, amenable to those ideas as well. We gotta think outside the box. This is brand new, brand new territory. Uh, and my last question, um, thank you again for explaining that. For you me. bet. <laughs> um, my last question is, do you have any additional thoughts with online education, um, COVID-19, being stuck at home, etc.? <laughs> oh, where do I start? This has been the most unsettling thing I think I've ever been through in my lifetime. I've been in education for over 40 years and this is a first. I think what I've been most impressed with, and there have been some silver linings, I have watched the staff in Park 6 do some amazing things and pulled off things that I could have never imagined they'd be able to do in the short amount of time we asked them to do that in. We learned that on Sunday, the March 15th, that we were going to be closing school through uh, the end of March and we spent about a week brainstorming and getting things uh, set up so that we could move to an online platform and what I would say is when you give teachers a task or a challenge you say here's what we need and just get out of their way. Uh, 
and they absolutely made it happen. So we were able actually to push that education out to our kids in Park 6 a week and two weeks ahead of many other districts in the state. So I'm really, really proud of, of the, the work the staff has done. We talk about now, when do we get back to normal and why it, I don't know that we'll ever get back to what we considered normal. I really think this has set a different trajectory for what education looks like. My sense is that we need to be prepared to potentially close schools again, even during the school year next year, because COVID-19 is not going away. And it is something that until there's a vaccine, my understanding is that it will continue to be dangerous for large populations. So those are things we just need to be cognizant of as we go forward and just understanding that it feels a little like we're standing on a wobble board and we just have to be able to react appropriately to ensure that the our primary focus is our students and doing what's right for students number one keeping students safe and healthy but then second um, providing an appropriate educational and providing social emotional support as well so it's changing the way we're looking at everything including next school year um, Ms. Monteith I want to thank you again for taking the time to do an interview uh, with me it was, I appreciate it you are very welcome Thank you for listening to this episode of CHS Ignite. I'm your host, Wyatt Barichka, and next time we'll continue the admin's perspective of COVID-19 and online education.